Welcome to a brand new episode of Back Pass with Ras. I was just so tempted. I, I was about to say Back Pass X Ballistic Khalsa, but no, this is not that show. This is Back Pass with Ras, and it's Ras manning the fort on my own this time. I know Kel as well this week. It's been a long time since we had an episode. The last time we had one was on Chelsea. That was some time back, I think, but probably in the early parts of this year, probably January. Didn't check on that. But anyways, yes, we're back with a brand new episode. You can already guess. Those of you watching on YouTube, you can already guess what we're going to speak about today based on what's in my background. But for those listening into us on any of the podcasters, that's Spotify, Apple, Google, whichever podcast that we're on, um, do not fret. We'll tell you what we're going to speak about really soon. Uh, in any case, we've also dropped in our merchandise. So let me just share a look of it. This is it. This is the merchandise that we are selling. The Back Pass with Ras merchandise. The team is European team. So we focus on players, European players and European teams. Uh, yeah, in the 90s. Yeah. So that's the focus of this t-shirt. So this is what is on sale we ship worldwide as well so those of you again on uh, youtube you would have been able to see the design which is modeled by our very own kel it's not here today but uh yeah he's still here in spirit so that's that so right guys uh this week i've got two guests with me let me bring them on um as you can see as well in the background again so I've got one of my guests. I'll, I'll tell you what the show is all about, those of you listening in and not viewing us on YouTube. And first up, I've got someone uh, I've known for quite some time. It's his second appearance on Back Pass with Russ, Mr. Muhammad Fazli, who's a teacher. He's a coach. He used to be my mate in police, in the Singapore Police Force. So he's very well-spoken. He contributes regularly to our posts on uh, Facebook. And uh, so it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Fazli. How are you doing? Hello, Ras. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Good to be back. Yeah. And school holidays in Singapore, is it going fine for you? Yeah, so far been okay. Yeah, uh, Not bogging you down with extra work, I hope. Uh, I don't know. Okay. And uh, joining us again for the second time, in fact, both these gentlemen appeared on our World Cup countdown shows for different in the different uh, tournaments for different tournaments rather. Ram, part of the plot Malaysia, yes. And uh, Ram, what's happened to plot Malaysia? How's it going? It's it's actually we 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 are going to restart very very soon. It's going to be a reboot. Uh, you know, thanks Ras, you know, for having me on the show as well. Following following your shows a lot, and I love what you do. Uh, you know, so yeah, glory, glory, man, United, man. Good to good to be back. <laughs> yes, so that that gives it away for those of you listening in to us on Spotify and any of our audio podcasts. We're gonna speak about the treble season of 1999. Manchester United, of course, won that treble season. So we're gonna speak about that. <laughs> Fuzzly and Ram are both uh, United fans, and Fuzzly has got a. Uh, a guest as well on the show. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. 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 Young one. Hello. Look at that, cutie. How are you? Okay. Yes. Yeah, you can see your car. 
Yeah, we can see your car. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Okay, Fazli and Ram, very quickly, which year did you both become United fans? For uh, me, Fazli, I go think... Fazli. Okay, okay, sure. Thank you, Ram. For me, I think... Um, by... okay, I'll, I'll say 1996. I became fans. I became a United fan in 1996. Okay. Okay. For me, I think it would be about 94, 93, 94. Mm. All right. Okay. So I'm still, I'm also a United fan. For those who do not know, I'm also a United fan from 1991. So today we're going to speak about the treble. But before we speak about the treble, let's go a season back to the season 1997, 1998. I'll throw this out to Ram. What yeah. was your memory of that season? Oh boy, how do I even start? You know, I was 15 years old, um, you know, secondary three. That was when, you know, football became like so heavily, uh, you know, enthusiastic. In 97, 98, you were 15 years old. Sorry, I was 14, 14 going yeah. on, going on 15, you know. So it was it was just about, you know, watching football whenever you can because you don't get those kind of cable visions anymore. You know, and always, always you look at those. Uh, you know, uh, whatever you can get the new paper, for example, just looking at scores. Uh, you know, but I think, I think overall, just supporting the team of United and watching them score lots of goals, that was my, that was my memory at that time. And of course, Eric Cantona, who can, who can forget him? You know, so that mm. was the time that I really, really enjoyed watching a lot of football. Uh, you know, and yeah, you know, that was my biggest memory of uh, United at that time. Still very young, yeah. Very fresh. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Pretty fresh because you started sporting in 96, so that would have yeah. been probably one year into one your year. spell as a United fan. Sazli, yeah. for you, probably more memories since it's mm. it's a bit uh, on with times now. You, you probably started 93, 94, so you've got about you know a good three, three four, four years since, yeah. since yeah, this, this season, 97, 98. Mm. What were your memories of that season? I think 97, 98, all I think of is collapse because the season yeah. promised so much. But towards the business end of the season, uh, injuries crept in and then United trying to compete on three fronts. But then uh, I remember Giggs getting injured and then no yeah. cover in left midfield. And yeah. then uh, Peter Schmeichel getting injured in the home loss to Arsenal which Arsenal won and then subsequently had the momentum to overtake United uh, in the run into the title. So it was like, it, the season had many good moments. Like I remember the 5-3 win at Stamford Bridge in the yeah. FA Cup third round, leading 5-0 at one point. Yeah. And then there was also the 7-0 win at Old Trafford with Andy Cole's mm-hmm. hat-trick, which I thought, Nancy, like, right? uh, I think it, like in a way, like restarted his his run to form in terms of the mm. goal scoring. Because before that, he was always like uh, being blamed for like oh missing chances. There was missing always chances, this perception yeah. that oh Andy yeah. Cole needed many chances to score, which I thought mm. was quite inaccurate. Now, but you know, popular opinion sometimes just trumps uh, facts. So I think yeah. So ninety seven ninety eight reminded me. Uh, like when I think of that, I think a lot of pain towards the end of the season, like getting knocked out at Old Trafford with David Trezeguet's goal against Monaco. Yeah, then we had yeah. the injury pile up and everything. So, yeah, it was very painful because uh, it promised so much at the start and then, but then end up with nothing. Yeah, exactly. Same sentiments as me. It was the first season after Eric Cantona's retirement as well. Teddy mm. Sheringham came in. We started the season on fire. We're leading the league. And then, as you said, you know, it collapsed. First, we lost Roy Keane 
to a season-ending oh, yeah, yeah. injury. Yeah, you remember least, that's, uh, where, yeah, correct, correct. that's where the feud between him game. and Alfinger Holland started. Yeah, yeah, that's true. At Leeds United, yeah. uh, mm. Holland was at Leeds United, so that's where the in- where he got injured and then the, their feud started. So that was a blow and then you spoke about Giggs getting injured. I remember, you know, Ben Thornley coming in to replace mm. him and never look quite the part. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, uh, Schmeichel got injured. United got knocked out of the Champions League on away goals rule. I think mm. we were pretty confident we could beat Monaco because we drew nil-nil in the first leg. Yeah, and thought, correct. okay, coming to Old Trafford, we're going to beat them and we'll go through. But then we got humbled by Monaco. And then, yeah, uh, Arsenal, that Arsenal team as well, the start of the rivalry is in that mm. season, 97-98. Yeah, because. Yeah. <laughs> You know, first the first match we had against Arsenal at Highbury was also very entertaining. 3-2, we lost, but still mm. very entertaining because, you know, at that time, I d- didn't know about anyone called Patrick Vieira and uh, oh, Nicholas Anelka. Yeah. yeah, and suddenly they announced themselves to us in that game and uh, whoa, mm. whoa. So that's, you know, then after that, they ran on to win the league or take us and win the league. So, yeah. So in a nutshell, 97-98 showed us that United was lacking in squad depth. Is mm. that right to say? Yeah. Uh, and that would be the theme of that season, I would say. Yeah. So then, in the summer of 98, of course, United responded. Yeah. Signing players. Mm. First, probably Yapstam. Anyone heard of Yapstam before he came to United? No, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, the World Cup was a right. good watch though, because like yeah. when he was signed, right? Then we we got to see him on yeah. in, in the World Cup, and I thought he did very well, especially in the semi final against Brazil. He and Ronaldo, and it was Ronaldo, a very yeah. good battle between the two of them. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, oh, this is exciting to see. Yeah, precisely because in those days we probably wouldn't know much about players outside yeah. outside the leagues you watch. So probably English yeah. league or if like in my case I watched the Italian league, so that that's all I would know of. Uh, and of course, we watch watch the Champions League, but we can't watch as extensively as we can today. Mm. So yeah, not much knowledge. And you know, Yapstam never heard of him. We signed him, and then the World Cup came, and then that gave us an opportunity to look at him closely. That's the first signing, Jesper Blomqvist. That's another signing we made. Mm. He's a player that I knew before because he gave United a tough time in the Champions League when he was playing for IFK Gothenburg. Mm. That was in the when United had just recently yeah, it won was the in 94. Premier League. Yeah. yeah, 94, 95, around that that period. So I remembered him and then he went on to play for AC Milan and Parma. So mm. I knew a bit of him. But I of course I knew after Ryan Giggs' injury in 97, 98, we needed someone to cover him because yeah. we had no one. And uh good signing, I felt did, at that did time. Brom, did Brom strike you as a, a player with a with with quality in your time watching Serie A when he was at Parma, Ras? No, no, no. Yeah, because I think at that time he struggled in both for both Italian clubs at AC Milan and Parma. Didn't make an impact. At oh, all even at Parma, those, he was struggling. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. he didn't make an impact at all in both times. And uh, but of course, that overriding memories of that time when he was playing for IFK Gothenburg. So mm. yeah, and okay. then finally Ram, this one. Yeah, we eventually signed Dwight York when the season was already underway. I think yeah. probably one or two games into the season, we eventually signed Dwight York. But do yeah. you remember of the names that we were linked to before we signed Dwight York? Uh, there were 
I mean, as a, for strike for strikers, I believe there were a lot of high-profile strikers yeah. that were linked to like Ronaldo, uh, like a few few players that were linked Clive to like Clivert. Yeah. yeah, you Very know all close, those kind of players. Yeah. Of course, from yeah. the World Cup, you know, like all the strikers that actually was mm. promising in the World Cup. So we had a lot of big names, uh, you know, a few Brazilians actually not, here and there. Actually, not Ronaldo. There's another guy. He's an he's Argentinian. Oh, oh, um, oh what's his name now? Um, Ortega, no. Batistuta. No. Oh, yes, Batistuta. Yes, 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 absolutely. Batistuta was the other one. I was really excited when I heard his name being linked to United. But mm. eventually we signed Dwight York. Okay, we know about Dwight York from the Aston Premier League. Villa. We played for Aston Villa. Yep. So you know, okay, what's he all about? But you wouldn't really say that, okay, no, this signing stands out like, wow, no, who fantastic signing, high-profile right. signing, mm. right? Mm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And there we are, you know, you've got Dwight York in the team mm. joining us. And then uh, we'll speak a bit about his contribution later. Mm. But let's talk about the road to the treble, guys. Yeah. It was a treacherous road to the treble. Would you agree with me? It was a very winding road, uh, you know, I have to say. But uh, I, I have to be honest that it was very exciting at the same time. Like, I can tell yeah. you honestly, guys, like, watching that team play football was the most uh, exciting football I've seen, you know, being at that age. Like, like countless number of, of exciting moments, bad moments, whatever, whatever you have. You know, it could not be... It, I think, like nowadays, you can't really get that anymore, but we had that, you know, and that was the best part. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh... In fact, it started from the first game of the season, first league game of the season. We were losing 2-0 at home to Leicester. Yeah. And right at the date, we scored two goals to draw. Two all. David Beckham. David Beckham. Both free kicks. Yeah. Both free kicks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that set the tone for the season, perhaps. We didn't know mm. about it, of course, at that time. But yeah, that set the tone. But when you talk about treacherous path to the to the treble, what I, what I want to point out is, first of all, let's look at the league. We were pushed yeah. all the way to the final day by Arsenal. Mm. We'll talk about the final days, final games in the next segment, but just the league itself, we were pushed all the way to the final day by Arsenal. And Arsenal, you know, they yeah. were coming in confident, our biggest yeah. rivals and challengers at that time. Mm. They had just won the double as well the previous season. Yeah. They had, I mean, their squad was better now, more confident, of course. And it wasn't easy because it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like Manchester United and Arsenal were just, you know, miles apart, everyone. Because both teams slipped up against other teams in the league as well. So it wasn't that easy a path to the league title. Yeah. Any games that, you know, you felt stand out for you from the league in that season? Stand out. Stand out. I mean, in the league, I, I enjoyed the 8-1 victory over Nottingham Forest, oh. I would say. <laughs> I enjoyed that one for sure. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. We had yeah. some high-scoring moments in, our, in that, that yeah. season. So it was really good. Yep. Sazli, for yourself? I think, for me, one of the games that uh, stuck in my... I say for me, there were two. One was the uh, win at Southampton, 3-0, where we beat them at the Dell. So, because the... But previous couple of seasons, United lost with yeah. strange scorelines. They lost 3-1 with the grey kid. And then the following season, we lost 6-3. Uh, yeah, mm. with that, that game. And then so to finally win there, to me, it felt like, oh, maybe 
maybe something's happening like maybe like yeah. you know there, yeah. there is something yeah, special about the season it was a tough place to play at the dell was a tough place to play at yeah yeah then For, another one was the United. home game with middlesbrough uh i think it was boxing day because it was oh the last time God. yeah it was the last time that united would lose in the league until the end of the season but also All because right. it was a very uh, it was a crazy game uh, a lot of bad defending hamilton ricard scored very silly goals and then yeah. Gary Pallister Gary Pallister played an absolute blinder on his return to OT so we were I was like oh my goodness <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Middlesbrough was a watch. boogie team that time you know mm, that, yeah. that time they were a boogie team every time you play Middlesbrough oh man it's bad news <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yeah and it's it's fantastic those two matches you brought out especially the Middlesbrough one because that was I felt as as you said the turning point because I remember I think in that game we probably 3-0 down at yep. home yeah, on right. boxing day at one point. Yeah. Yep, yep. And okay we we came back I think 3-1 3-2 something like mm-hmm. that but we still lost but you know yeah. as you the said, story of the season. Yeah. Yeah, Millersburg wasn't really like a oh, you know fantastic team or standout team or what you know but for us they were a boogie team no doubt and that probably woke us up. So that's the league that's the league done. In terms of challenges besides Arsenal, let's let me just take a look at it at the league table. So you had Arsenal, you had Chelsea for snacks, and Chelsea finished the season just four points, uh, or rather, yeah, four points behind us. Yeah. So not that bad. Um, quite pretty, pretty close uh, challenges. I think I want to point out our games against Liverpool. Yeah. Especially mm. the game at Anfield because oh, it was quite near the end of the season where we drew two two. Yeah, and a and a certain Paul in scored for for Liverpool, and that was like oh, <laughs> you know, for a person like me who supported United from ninety one, and Paul Ince has been one of our talisman, one of our you know vital cogs in our team at that time. And he also and went then, to Inter. <laughs> yes, and he went to Inter. Yeah, of course. Yeah. After that, he went to for Inter, you, huh? which for me felt like going from one family to the other. But then coming back to play for Liverpool and scoring. At Anfield against us as the captain of Liverpool. Oh man, yeah. that was that felt a bit like a dagger in the heart because it was very close to the end of the season. Fifth mm. okay. of May here, I'm checking, and uh, you know every single point dropped at that point. You know, is like you know potentially title moment. deciding. Yeah, 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 yeah. potentially that title deciding, and you know, scary, scary mm. to say the least. So from the from the Premier League, let's go to the FA Cup. No, no easy path there as well, you know. We had yep. Millersburg. Yeah. Let yeah. me just uh, refresh your memory. In the third round, we had Millersburg at home, which yep. we won. Yeah. But the fourth round, that was one hell of a game. Do you remember who we played in that game? Was that the Liverpool one? Yes. The one with the, oh, the Liverpool. We played Liverpool. Michael Owen. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Owen scored or something. Yeah. And OGS with the with the. <laughs> Oh, and once again we left it till death, you know. And yeah, it was, right it was, at the death. It was it was an amazing game. It was an amazing game. I remember this game very well because my tuition teacher back then, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, he was he was my math tuition teacher, and he used to bet with us, you know, because he's a MU fan as well, and he used to make sure that we used to get the correct score and we used to win some money from that. And I put the score two one. I remember that very very clearly. I put the score two one. And I was looking at one nil. We were losing all the way until the 88 minute, and I was like, "Okay, I've gone," you know. But when I saw those two goals, I remember I celebrated so loudly that 
that that that that that my auntie that I was staying with downstairs, mm-hmm. she thought mm-hmm. something happened upstairs. You know, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> What's the memory of the game? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, what I remember of that game was uh, lots of chances. United had so many chances to score yeah. before that. Ah. We just couldn't score. It's just just wasn't our day. The keeper either saved it. Ball maybe went wide, went over. You know, so many chances we created. The post, Roy yeah, King hit the post. Yeah, completely dominated Liverpool. We just, yeah. it just felt like it wasn't our day, and then suddenly that two goals right at the date. I mean, yeah, it's pandemonium. Correct for yeah. us, especially us beating Liverpool. It's yeah. always in the last minute like that. Yeah, in the last minute like that. You know, of course it was crazy. So that was one crazy game. Mm. Going on to. Who we gonna play next after that? Okay, Fulham. We beat Fulham in the fifth round, and mm. then in the sixth round, which is the quarterfinals, we had a tough opponent again. It wasn't easy. This was this opponent was Chelsea. Chelsea. So Chelsea. Okay, this time Chelsea wasn't the Jose Mourinho Chelsea. It wasn't the Roman Abramovich Chelsea. But still, Chelsea had already developed this uh, reputation of being a cup team. Yep. They're winning cups, they're winning FA Cups and uh, Cup Winners Cup and all those strong team. And as I mentioned, the league as well, they finished third, which, yep. which isn't too bad. You know, they quite good achievement for Chelsea. They were building a good squad already at this point in time. They drew against us at Old Trafford. So we had to force an extra game. Yeah, go for a replay. And we finally beat them at Stamford Bridge to go through. To the semi-finals. Now, semi-finals, of course, everyone remembers that. Oh, the gigs goal. Yeah. How do you forget that? That that's. Yeah. But o- almost everyone seems to have forgotten the Beckham goal, which was also a very good strike in itself. Yes, it was a if you look at the replay. Yeah. 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 But the game should have also been settled in the first leg, first mm. semi-final itself. I, I remember if I remember correctly, United had a goal disallowed in that. Yeah. First semi-final, so we could have, we could have settled in the first semi-final, but of course the gods of football didn't wanted that. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted extra drama, and we got drama in bucket loads in the replay. Yeah. And we were ten men. We were ten men down in the replay. Yeah. You know, considered a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Save, you know, it yeah. was the moment Schmeichel saved the penalty. I tell you guys honestly, I knew we were going to win it. Like, like that feeling just. Just crept in, like you know what? Yeah, we're gonna win this game. <laughs> yeah, I remember facing point, the think... penalty. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. like, oh, is this the moment where everything just ends? Then suddenly, yeah, correct, 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 correct. <laughs> exactly, same thought as well. I mean, at that point in time, probably we were all students, and this game was yeah. played in the early hours of the morning on a schooling day. Yeah, I, remember yeah. I, I didn't wake up to watch the entirety of the game, but near the end, I woke up, and I woke up just in time to see. Phil Neville giving away the foul, and I mm. my heart sank. The when the referee gave the penalty, and like uh, I mean, you can't debate that at all. It's it's a penalty. Yeah. And when Schmeichel saved it, oh, what a relief! You just felt like it was your year. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was it was against Burkham, by the way. So so you, you yeah. never expected Schmeichel to save that, right? So yeah, yeah, uh, Burkham such a good uh, penalty taker and also a good footballer as well. Yeah. So who? And then Giggs scoring that goal, and you watch it live. You know, I mean, we can watch it now on YouTube. Can watch it yeah. on TV. Yeah. It doesn't have the same essence as watching it live when as it unfolded. Um, yeah. Took on one, yeah. took on two, took on three. You know, Giggs 
could have done this kind of thing. He's done it before, but we never expected him to do it like that from the middle yeah. line, picking up yeah. the ball, beating so many, going all the way and then smashing yeah. it into the top corner. Yeah, and he ran Amazing. at a very high speed also. So it, oh, yeah. it wasn't just that right, it wasn't like he was like taking his time and everything. He did it at very high speed, twisting yeah. and turning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in his typical jinking style, you know. Yeah. You don't have that nowadays. We don't get that kind of players who do that those kind of runs, jinking yeah. in left and right. Ah, uh, that was what a goal! What a goal that was! And for me, that, for me, I mean, no disrespect to Newcastle in the final, but that was the final. United oh, against like it. yes, yes. United against Arsenal in the semi-final was the final. Whoever won that what would would have won the cup. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then moving on to. Champions League, Champions League, not a, not an easy group to be in. You got Bayern Munich, you got Barcelona. Okay, Bronby, a bit of a pushover, yeah, but still Bayern Munich and Barcelona. We drew both games against those two teams. Yeah. But the games against Barcelona were probably the epic ones. Three-three home and away. Yeah. Three-three home and away. Ah, oh man. But I think I'll I'll just point out. I mean. Up to you. You guys want to bring out any games from the group stage game? Please feel free to do so. But I want to point out the second game against Barcelona at Nou Camp. Mm-hmm. Barcelona took the lead very early on in the game. They were dominating. Oh, I, yeah, I felt so. like you know, I felt like United were rocking. United were you know shaky. Yeah. Because I, I remember the last time United played Barcelona at Nou Camp in a Champions League match, we got hammered four nil. So mm-hmm. to be one nil down. So early in the game, I feared our chances. But slowly, we steadied the ship. We got one back, and then the York and Cole goal. Yeah. yeah. But who who did it? Who finished that? Was it York or was it Cole? We was remember Cole. the movements, but who finished mm. it? Was, was right, it uh, York Cole. or Cole? Cole finished was it. Cole? Fuzzly? I was think it so. York or I think, Cole? I think it was Andy Cole. I remember Dummy. And then I uh, dummy from Dwight York, I think, and then uh, yeah. Andy Cole finished it off. Yeah, so base York scored twice that day, and uh, Cole scored once. Yep. So yeah, that that was an epic game. Thankfully, we stayed in shape because if not, I think we would have been in for hiding, and of course, then our Champions League dreams would have ended. Yeah. Yeah, but any any other games you want to pick up from that group? Maybe the earlier games against Bayern or. The first game against Barcelona. You want to? Anyone want to speak about that, or can I move on, or shall I move on? I think for me, like because at that time, I think the group stage was the only part of that campaign where I didn't really get to watch that much. So it was more mm-hmm. about like going to school, uh, looking for the new paper to read. So I remember the first game was three three, but I also yeah. remember the Bronby game. There was uh like apparently one of the Bronby players remarked that uh Andy Cole is not a good striker. So in that game, he he scored like he he scored I think three goals or something. There was one six two win or something if I remember six correctly, lah. Ah, so I, yeah, six so two it was at, like, yeah. away from home. Yep. Yeah. So when I read the United magazine, I mean that that was how I followed uh, the team one way. Ah, so when I read the comments, so apparently there were quotes attributed to the player. So there was what Andy Cole revealed, lah. So he was like, "This is what he said about me." So yeah, I just let my football do the talking, something like that, lah. <laughs> Yeah, the games in the six-two-one. I think Giggs got twice. Giggs got twice. Cole, Keen, York, Solsha were the scorers oh, okay, that okay. day. And the reverse fixture was five-nil at Old Trafford. Beckham, Cole, Phil Neville, York, and Scholes. They mm. these were the scorers. Ah, okay. 
Yeah, so we navigated a tough group, got out of it, entered the knockout stages. Who do we meet? Inter. Yes, in yeah, the quarterfinal. Quarterfinals, yeah. yeah. What a tough game for me personally to watch. <laughs> you were torn. You were torn. I was. I was literally torn for the first time ever in my life. I mean, Inter United has, have played together in preseason, have played each other in preseason matches, but never in a competitive match since I've been mm. a fan at least. Mm. And then this happened. I was like, oh man, who do I support? And uh, I mean, who do you love more, us? Who do you love more? Just curious. Oh, and I, very, very difficult for me to say who do I love more. It's like choosing between your two children. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, so not, not easy at all. So, yeah, that was the only game where I felt numb because regardless of the result, I know one team would go through, one team would go out and it had to be. I left it to the best team, made the best team win. And Yeah, you'll be happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> yeah, true, correct. And that I mean that Inter team was also quite strong. They qualified top of mm. the group ahead of Real Madrid. Yeah, they had uh, Ronaldo, they had Baggio, Zamorano, they had Zamorano, they had Zamorano uh, Nicola Ventola also. He was a kid yeah. at that time. And uh, yeah. and Baggio also. Uh, yeah, remember? Uh, yeah. Uh, Javier Zanetti. Zanetti was there, right? Zanetti, mm. was, there. Zanetti was there. Simeone was there. The Simeone and Beckham uh, reunited at Old Trafford. Yeah. And uh, Jokaev was there as well. Yeah. yeah. So Inter had a pretty good uh, forward line at least. But I mean, this, they're quite doubtful when they are in their defense and in the um, defensive side of things, like even defensive midfield as well. Quite doubtful. Uh, they had Paliuka and goal, so great goalkeeper. But yeah, yeah Bergomi at the back also. Yeah, Bergomi. That's the, only, that's the best defender Inter had. But he was also getting on in age. But yeah, tough yeah. game for United to face. And I think the job was done in the first leg when he won 2-0. Yeah. Mm. Both Beckham's, Beckham's cross. Yeah, yeah Beckham's cross. Uh, both from crosses. Yeah, both from yep. crosses. And he did the trick. Yep. In the second leg, I think Inter was completely dominating the game that, you know, they were pushing United hard. United had a rear guard action, defended well. And then mm. Inter eventually scored once. But yeah, Skulls got the... Yeah, Vital, Skoskodi, Vigo. 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 yeah, I Vigo thought Henningel played very well in the second leg, considering by then he was like uh, third choice or fourth choice as a centre back for much oh? of the season. Henningberg, Henningberg, yes, yes, yes. Remember with the yeah. goal line clearance and everything. So yeah. I was like, oh, although he hadn't had a lot of match time up to that point, I thought mm. he played very well. So I was like, oh, this very, it's very, it's really like you. It's good to have such good cover at the back. Right? That's yeah, like, yeah. And also, I mean, Ronnie Johnson is a good good player, but he mm. got injured quite often as well. So, yeah. he had some issues with his in- injuries. And yeah. then, after navigating past Inter, who do we face Juventus. in the semi final? Yeah, Juventus. Yes. Juventus have been to consecutive Champions League finals leading mm. up to that, leading up to this season. They won once, they, draw, they lost the, the other two. And now here they are in the semi-finals. They have given us a tough time. They've played us in the Champions League. They've beaten us. Not made it easy for us to... It's not been easy for United to beat Juventus. Juventus, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the first leg I didn't watch again. I mean, the problem, of course, we all share is because of the timing of the matches. That's mm. why we can't watch those these matches. But uh, yeah, by, by all accounts, didn't look like United 
Yeah, United struggled at OT. Struggled in, I, at I, home, yeah. Yeah, I watched that yeah. game because I think Zidane, Conte and I think Deschamps, Davids, yeah, they were Davids they also, they, they, think, yeah. they, they actually don't the win the game. Mm. Yeah. And so United struggled, but then, the yeah. yeah, eventually late in the game, United got an equalizer, which was vital. And then came the epic second leg. Oh, that was a brilliant, brilliant game in my opinion. I, 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 I woke up. I remember I woke up three a.m. to watch that game. I was sneaking, <laughs> and then to see Izagi score twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was sneaking from my bedroom to watch that game. You know, out of permission. Uh-huh. I remember that very well. I was watching the game. The first thing you see is Filippo Inzaghi coming on and he scores so early in the game. And then he adds another good uh, blunder by uh, for Schmeichel as well on that note. Uh, and, uh, and, and you thought, that's it. Game over, you know. Game over. I woke up at 3 o'clock for nothing by Sinemana. Okay, I'll watch it, you know. And then as the time went on, went on, went on, when you saw Keane score the goal and then everything just, just like, oh, there's hope, there's hope. And that, I think that that to me has has the ingredients for like like how we said against Arsenal it was like the final of the uh, FA Cup right mm-hmm. I think this was like the final for me in, in like in a way you know of, of the Champions League because okay. there's so much a drama and it led to where we where we were at that point of time yeah all right so in in my case I woke up a bit later than that so when I woke up it was already it was already two two. And oh, then okay. I saw I and then I saw I think York or someone yeah York trying to round Peruzzi was brought down in the box mm. and then Andy Cole yeah. just tapped yeah, it in and then, the goal, yeah yeah then yeah. that just sealed the deal and like wow okay you know because uh, the way the game unfolded of course you know Juventus is known to be a tough defensive team they're not easy to break down mm. and to be leading two nil and in especially in those days Italian teams if you if they are in the lead. It's very tough to come back into close the shop. game. Yeah, yeah, it's close shop. It's game over. You know, it's tough for anyone to come back into the game. And mm. Juventus has always been a team that, has, as I said, has always given us problem. And the belief he showed, you know, led by Roy Keane, I would say. Led by Roy yeah. Keane, dragging the team, getting the first goal in and then making it 2-2, 3-2. As amazing comeback from United and going through to the final. Yeah. So now final day of the season in the Premier League. Playing at the same time as Arsenal. We just needed a win to clinch the title. Easier said than done. We played we were playing at home. You think okay. Yeah. I remember the crowd was really by our side. We were by you know, we were miles away, but I'm sure we were also on the edge of seats, cheering them on. Yeah. Part one of the treble. And guess what happens? We lose one. We are losing one nil at half time. Mm. Yeah, less, less Ferdinand, Ferdinand <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Less Ferdinand with a goal. I, was that their only shot on target, perhaps in the first half? Yeah, something like that. Eh? It was a crazy goal. It was like a free yeah. goal. Like I, I think it was a very well scored goal. Uh, I mean, Schmeichel was caught off guard, and and I never knew such a looping, such a looping kick like like what he did resulted going into the net. I thought it was going going above or hit the bar or something, but it just went in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just so remember went... Ian Walker making lots of saves. Save yeah. after save. Yeah. 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 In the first half, yeah. In the first half he was making saves after saves and uh, and then suddenly that opportunity came. The moment the ball left Les Ferdinand's feet and I looked at Schmeichel's position, I thought, oh oh, we are in trouble. 
and he mm. threw enough. He went to the back of the net with yeah. Michael in the back of the net as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I remember that. Yeah, you're right. He was trying to push it out, and he ended up in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, and that happened, and then we were like thinking, okay, is this not going to be our day? Because before that, we were peppering the goal, the Spurs goal with shots, and we just couldn't score. And Ian Walker had turned into, you know, Gordon Banks or something. So <laughs> suddenly, we turned into a world class goalkeeper that day. And then, who scored the goal before half time? David Beckham. David Beckham, and what a goal he was! Beautiful, yeah. beautiful goal. Yeah, yeah. He needed a goal, a a touch of magic like that to break the deadlock. You knew yeah. it. It is either Spurs will make a mistake for us to score, or someone pulls off something like that, a worldie, yeah, to get and, us back into the game. And you always see him in the free kicks, like you know that if if it was a free kick given to him, he would score. But this was not a free kick. This was yeah, open it was play. an open play. Yeah. And he just he was on actually on the other side of his favorite post, if you like, you know, yeah. his right mm. foot, and he swerved it in and hit the post and went in. I think that anger that they had, like you know, that when he ball hit the post and went in, it just showed how much of anger in that strike and how powerful that strike was. It was, it was just unforgettable, man. It was so, so, yeah. so scrumptious shot. Beautiful shot. Yeah. Yep. And then Andy Cole came in in the second half and we mm. sealed it early early yeah. doors, right? Yeah. Came on another great goal. Yeah. yeah, it was a good goal. Good finish. Good control to clutch the yeah. ball out of the air to, yeah. to score from there. Precisely. Yeah. And and we hang on. I mean, would, I wouldn't say we hang on because it wasn't like Spurs put us under immense pressure or, or whatever, but we still... Could have maybe uh, scored a bit more to have made it more yeah. comfortable, but we won eventually, yeah. and we won the league. We won the league again. We won the league back from Arsenal. Yeah. So that's part one of the travel done, seal. Mm-hmm. Part two, FA Cup final. As I have mentioned, I think no disrespect to Newcastle, but I felt it was a formality. Do you guys feel the same going to that final, or you have a bit more trepidation going to the final? And- I thought the game settled more after the first goal. I think before that, I think, you know, finals are typically very cagey affairs. And then yeah. especially, mm. I think, if I remember correctly, Roy Keane went off injured. Yes, and then yes. Teddy him replaced him to play in midfield. Yeah. So, yeah. it was like, you know, a bit tentative here and there. But I think after the first goal went in, then, yeah, I think United started to 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 settle into the game and do better. Yeah, I think, I think that... Yeah, carry on, Ram. Sorry, sorry. For me, for me, it was a bit nervy. Uh, you know, whenever mm. this kind of games, like going into Wembley, especially, there's always not something that we can predict what's going to happen. And the old Wembley itself, it had reputation of you know a lot of upsets has been caused. So you know, this is one of those games that I thought we had to be on our best performance. And you are right. I know Fazil that you said that yeah, Fazli, sorry, you said that uh, after the first goal, you know, it settled down a little bit. I think I agree with you on that. Once we scored that first goal. That was when I felt a little bit more calm. Like, okay, I think we're gonna we're gonna win this. You know, that that feeling was was there. So yeah, it was it was nervy for me, but I enjoyed it in the end. Mm, okay, so that means that that means only I was confident that we we're gonna win it from the start. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Roy King came off, and I felt that was a very good tactical switch to put in Sheringham instead of mm. maybe Nicky Bud or another midfielder yeah. or like no, like, like Nicky, Nicky Bud had to be safe for the Champions League final because Keane yeah. and Scott were playing. But yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay. and. And uh, Sheringham came in. He he played in. He played like a playmaker role, like a number ten. Mm. 
just behind the two strikers he scored first he scored first right within few yeah, minutes yeah. of coming on he scored yeah and uh, then he set up one for scores and that's it game over sharing him with the man of the match performance yep yep absolutely and now part so that's it part 2 of the okay. treble done mm. the last part now going into the final against bayern munich just going to the final itself i'm sure even if next day you have something on you would have certainly woken up to have watched this game for sure yeah, for sure, sure right <laughs> first final in 30 years yeah yeah for 31 years yeah yeah wow <laughs> and uh, going into the final just your thoughts going into the final what what do you feel you know going to final you thought confident you felt confident or you felt a bit tentative or cautious Also, for me, I was nervous because Keen and Scholes were not playing, wouldn't be playing. So I was always wondering, like, how was Alex, like, you know, rejig the midfield? How would he do mm. it? So then, when I saw the game, when I saw how they lined up, it was like, oh, Beckham in the middle with Nicky Butt, Giggs on the uh, Giggs on the right, and Blombis on the left. But yeah. also, I remember, like, it wasn't a. I thought it was actually it wasn't a very good performance, you know. Then they went yeah. down one zero right after six minutes yeah. with Mario Basler's free kick. Then it almost looked. I almost. I wondered if like you know the occasion got to the players, you know, because first mm. final in such a long time. Yeah. Then I was like, well, after after the last few seasons of heartbreak, you know, finally into the final, whether you see this type of performance, but yeah, what a what a what a change in the end. <laughs> What an end, right? Yeah, what an ending. For me, it was it was totally the opposite, actually, to be honest. Because mm. after watching United be nearly, uh, you know, winning the FA Cup, I think I went a bit more uh, at ease because I think it was personally my first uh, time watching United, you know, enter that stage of a competition because I was still mm. three years supporting them, right? So watching them, I was a bit more confident. I said, like, okay, you know, they 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 are in it. But when I saw the first goal go in, I had a little bit of uh, skepticism around me. It's starting mm. coming back again. It's like, uh, okay, maybe it's too far. Hoping for a third trophy, you know. But I think I think I got to I got to give it out to the players, you know, for what they did in that day. And uh, they defied all odds. They defied gravity. They defied time. I don't know what else, but it, it was it was history in the making. So so it was one of the it was the best. Game to watch until today, uh, you know. To, to remember, if to think about the Champions League final, yeah. Hmm. For me, going into the final, I was curious to find out what the midfield would look like. So mm. Beckham and Butt didn't wasn't a surprise for me. More, I was more surprised about Giggs being on the right mm. and uh, Blomqvist on the left. So that one, I felt, mm, I we did never really look out. Comfortable with that arrangement yeah. as well in midfield, and as Fazli co- correctly pointed out, we didn't start very well, and that early goal just confirmed it. Because if he had not conceded early, maybe we would have grown into the game. Maybe we would have goals change games, right? And that yeah, goal, yeah. I think, swung swung the momentum towards Bayern Munich, and they yeah. got stronger. As the game wore on, they they were yeah. terribly unlucky. You got to admit that they were terribly unlucky. They could have sealed it, two yep, nil, three yeah. nil. Yeah, they could before. have scored a couple more with good counter attacks and like hit the bar. You know, they Kasten Yanker. Yeah, and it felt like eventually it felt like fated. It was fated to happen that we would win the Champions League. I just wish we had played better in the final and won the Champions League. But at the end of the day, all that counts is winning the trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Right, to be and fair, I thought like in the second half there were times where you know they started to attack more and everything. That's where you know Bayern yeah. nearly picked us off with with the with the goals. Counter attack. But yeah, yeah, yeah like as you but as you said, yeah, it doesn't really matter as long as you win the trophy. Yeah. 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 True. I've seen United win a European trophy already early on as a fan in the in the cup in the cup. cup. Mm. Yeah. So that I've already seen, and that was against Barcelona as well. There was one final where we were going in as underdogs. I felt mm. because Barcelona was that dream team of Barcelona under Johan Cruyff, mm. and uh, to win it, that was something special. But then uh, also I remember losing the semi-finals in ninety six, ninety seven to Borussia Dortmund. Dortmund. Eh? Yeah, yeah, coming coming very close. That was also a bit of a heartbreak because we had so many chances. We didn't take them and we got picked off in both mm. legs, 1-0. Uh, and I think I personally felt that game probably uh, accelerated Cantona's decision to retire because once United lost that semi-final, I felt he probably lost his head and felt, okay, that this is it. He's done with football and he retired. That's what I personally feel. But of course, I'm not Cantona. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that final itself, like in '99, I think madness, completely madness. To just score one goal would have been enough. You would have thought, okay, yes, yeah. you score one, we are going to extra time. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Then the momentum is now in our favor. Yeah. But to score two is just absolute crazy madness. How was your house feeling at that time? What were you doing at that time? <laughs> Okay, I was the only one up in my house at that time. So, yeah, I was just trying not to shout. Lah. But I remember one very, like, one one thing that stuck out in my mind was that after Sheringham scored the equalizer, then there was another time where, like, you know, sometimes, like what you mentioned, you score one goal, some teams will be happy to keep the ball, go into extra time, and, and you know, ride the momentum. But yeah. I remember seeing, I think, Steve McLaren or Sir Alex or someone on the touchline, like, you know, urging them to continue to attack instead of, uh, instead of like, That's trying playing to out time, play right? for extra yeah. time. Yeah, correct, correct. Mm. So there was, like, yeah. So that was very Yeah, it was, it was actually Solskjaer was on the left flank. Mm, Instead yeah. of just running the clock down, he, he went and won a corner. He went corner. to attack the player. Yeah, yeah he went correct. to attack the player, won a corner and then we got a chance. Yeah. Ram, you're a pretty vocal guy. Yeah. Did you wake so, up the whole neighbourhood? So, <laughs> I think I did. I think I did with the screams. I think I woke up everybody in the house because the next day they thought, you know, what, did I see a ghost or something like that? But no, it's, it's, it's my team won the game. Uh, you know, because because I was thinking my uncle, so no one in that family watches football. Like literally, okay. no one. I was the only football guy. So mm. with that kind of uh, that kind of a feeling, I think it was a feeling that I I still have till today. Watching replays of that game gives me goosebumps of those today. And uh, yeah, I I I I loved it so much. I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, wonderful memories of those uh, finals. So winning the treble for me. Manchester United, I felt they did it the hard way. Mm. I mean, all due respect to all the other teams that have won the treble before United and after United because I'm sure everyone faced challenges along the way. It's not been easy mm. for any of the teams that have won the treble. And by merit, I felt every single one that has won the treble deserves it because it's not easy to win. And this is a rare group or a rare club of teams that have won the treble. And uh, United belongs to that. But Personally, having watched it, being so invested in it as well, might sound a bit biased, but I felt United had a really tough road 
to the treble because of all the challenges they face along the way in the Premier League, in the FA Cup, in the Champions League. Because I can't think of a tougher path to the final than United faced in that season. Perhaps there were others, but you've got to go into some detail and some research to find. But again, you know, as a fan, you know, off the top of your, your head right now, you know, thinking about it, such a tough path to the final, not easy beating Inter, beating Juventus and then beating Bayern Munich in the final, playing Bayern Munich and Barcelona in the group stage as well. Yeah. Yeah. All not easy teams to face. It's not like, you know, you're playing some, again, with all due respect, some, uh, you know, easy clubs in Europe to get to the final. So that was tough. Champions League, in the Premier League, as I mentioned as well, going all the way, pushed all the way to the final day. Not just by Arsenal, but also by teams around them. Yeah. And uh, in the FA Cup also, you got already there's, you're playing so many games and you got fixture pile up. You got two replays to play. You had a replay back against Chelsea and then a replay against Arsenal. Yeah, fixture no pile up. Break. Yeah, no winter break as well. That's another one. You play through Christmas and uh, New Year. That's amazing achievement. I, I felt it was an amazing achievement. What would you attribute this travel down to, guys? I think for me, it would have been the quality of opposition. Like like what you mentioned, uh, tough games all around throughout the season. But I think maybe nowadays it's very easy to forget because a lot of teams qualify for the Champions League. But the 98-99 season, it yeah. was like, I think maybe uh, the second or the third season since they revised the rules of admission. So the teams that yeah. were playing were either the winners or the runners-up of their respective countries. Correct. So it was really like, you know, quite literally the among the best teams in Europe. Although not the not only the champions, but we also have the, the second best team. And nowadays, I mean, the, the criteria for admission is a lot more open. So I guess yeah. you can have Top more varying... Yeah. yeah, there is a spectrum of teams that they face. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so then, then, then what you mentioned, I guess when you know you play, you play the best teams all around, and then if you're good enough to beat the best teams, I guess it just makes the triumph more deserved or sweeter to experience uh, as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Ram, I think I think I agree with Fazli as well because the quality of opposition was very very important because that gave us a good test to also you know get better along the way because you only get better when you play with the best. And, uh, you know, we went through a lot in terms of conceding goals. We were never the team that al- always scored the first goal. We were, all, we were more or less the team that conceded the goal first. And we put that into, we were the ones that actually had to come back. So that spirit that we had was something second to none. Okay, That's the first thing. The second thing I have to say, I have to point this out. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I think, I, think it's, I, I give a lot of credit to David Beckham that season, especially mm-hmm. because... He's grown to fame, yes, is one thing, but his passing range, his, his ability to find uh, you know, players from the range that he was passing from was just unbelievable. And no player in that entire Premier League or Champions League or Europe could emulate that. So when we see that from him, you know, we knew that when he gets the ball, he's going to put the ball at your feet. So that was one of the things that I really noticed and uh, something that we can never emulate. Yeah. And yeah. I think it, it's good that you mentioned Beckham also because yeah. this was coming off the back of World Cup 98. Then if yes. you remember, mm-hmm. right, yes. he was a very public scapegoat for England's exit. Yes. And then there was right. a lot of speculation as to whether he would still even be at United and everything. So yeah. it was like, you know, you, I guess you get to see an, a different side of him. You know, people always think of him as, oh, this uh, like same hungry person. Yeah, and yeah. everything. Yeah. But then they forget like, you know, how 
how hard he runs in throughout all 90 minutes and he doesn't give up and everything and then like you know the team of the season he's always in and around the late goals either supplying yeah. it or scoring them himself so it yeah. was really like i think he was also voted player of the year for that season and yeah. also i think he came in runners up in the ballon d'or so yeah, uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. no player so of think, the yeah, season was, was uh, david ginola actually in that season in the premier oh, no, league a uh, uh, united player of the season sorry oh, my okay. mistake uh, but for the european one i think he came in runner up to rivaldo yeah. for remember runners correctly. up yeah to rivaldo mm. correct yeah. very right. good season for him Yeah, very good season. I mean, a lot of players had a fantastic season that time around. Keane, the leader, mm. Scholes, Beckham, Giggs, of course, Dwight York, Andy Cole, then Solskjaer and Sheringham coming off the bench. Four very yeah. good strikers you can rotate with. Defenders, you had Gary Neville, Steady Eddie. You had Wes Brown, you know, mm. making his debut mm. as a youngster and he was solid. Yep. He was, you know, really steady. You know, you felt like he was a veteran. Yeah. Uh, playing, playing there in a in defense or center back or right back, it was really solid. Mm-hmm. Yapstam, of course, great signing we made. Yapstam, I think also um, Ronnie Johnson had a good season. Henningberg, Fazli has already yeah. pointed out. Dennis Irwin, mm-hmm. Phil Neville, everyone had a everyone had a good season. I don't think anyone you could say you know yeah. was poor It, or flopped. Like, even David May, who didn't play a lot, then suddenly yeah. got to play in the FA Cup yeah. final. Also, also had a good shift in that game. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Jesper Blomqvist also, I think, was a good, uh, able deputy for gigs. Mm. Didn't uh, let us down. And also, a very important thing to point out, Peter Schmeichel. His form wasn't great. And then Sir Alex sent him on a holiday. He came back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Fantastic after that. Mm. Before before that, he was in uh, poor form, poor form, poor shape. And he was really tired. Eventually, he became, he was known, made known to us that he was actually very tired from having played Without rest, in the World Cup, in the, yeah, World Cups, European Championships, and then back to the Premier League, back to back, back to back. So yeah, Peter Schmeichel, great season. It was a final season for him at United. Yeah, yeah. Now just speaking about Sir Alex and Steve McLaren. First of all, Steve McLaren, I think came came in halfway through the season. Hmm. Don't think any one of us knew much about Steve McLaren because before that we all knew about Brian Kidd. Kit, as yeah. Alex, uh, uh, right-hand man, eh? yeah, 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 right-hand man, and then Steve McLaren came in. Firstly, you're a coach yourself. We all know we have, of course, heard many times from accounts of the players that Sir Alex isn't much of a coach. He's a manager. He manages everything. He says the right things. He sets tactics. He's the guy who runs the show. From the senior team right down to the youth team. He runs the whole place. In fact, he was the godfather. Um, just want your thoughts on Sir Alex and uh, Steve McLaren, especially his role in this treble. If I think because it it came from the time where we didn't have you know we don't have internet and all these things, so I mm. think things whatever I got to know about Steve McLaren was usually either from reading the United magazine. Or maybe from some newspaper articles and everything, lah. Mm. So I think for me at that time, what I remember from him was that he was signed from Derby, and then yeah, yeah. pretty much as an unknown, like you know, it was like a low-profile signing in a way. Like yeah. it was very typical of that season, lah. You know, like for example, when you look at Blomqvist, Yapstam, and also Dwight York, a little bit of uh, like you know, they are not so-called Galactico signings. 
But, mm. you know, and even let's say, for example, if you look at the squad composition, they're not made up of world beaters everywhere, but somehow they complement each other. So I think like mm. signing Steve McLaren was also, um, in a way, it like completed that picture of the technical team, so to speak. So I think what I remember reading was that like, yeah, he's behind the training sessions and, and everything. But um, like looking at, seasons where like how United performed when Sir Alex didn't have an assistant I think you, I, I'm inclined to agree with you in that like you know he's a manager and he needs someone to organize and conduct maybe the do it to do the the trade uh, the, this particular aspect of training like previously you know you see um, people like Walter Smith or yeah. Carlos Quiroz yeah so it's like I think he mm. tends to suffer so to speak when when he doesn't have a dedicated assistant with him yeah, so I think in, yeah. So like judging from how successful past United teams have been, so I think the role of the of the Alexis assistant, which actually is a very important one. You have a quality yeah. one, and you, yeah, the team can do wonders with 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 how they play on the pitch. Yeah. So testament as well. This success also testament to the quality of Steve McLaren. Yeah, Steve as McLaren. A coach. I would say yeah. Yeah. Ram, the seasons after. In the new millennium now, do you feel United disappointed by not winning more after winning the treble? Sorry, guys. I think my internet connection was a bit unstable. I'm back. Okay. Do you yeah. do you catch my question? No. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I was saying we are now in the new millennium, the season after winning the treble. Do you feel United disappointed by not winning more trophies? I would say I would say um, I was happy that they won they won they won the title again. So I think that the retention of being Premier League champions was very very important. But yes, I think uh, you know they should be able to to try their level best to also hold on to what they have won the previous seasons. But I was contented to be honest because I think the Premier League was something that I was I, I always root for. You know I think once once my team wins the Premier League. That's what I want. You know, that's to me, that's the biggest trophy that I can think of. So I, I wasn't too disappointed, but uh, I was just, how, how do I put it? I was a little bit more of a, like, now you want to treble. So it kind of like, you know, you 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 want them to to do it every, every single season if it's possible. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fazli, yourself? Yeah, I think uh agree with, uh, with some of Ram's points. I think one of the things that I guess in a way, our perception is colored. Our perception of success is colored. You know, sometimes you look, for example, from the year 2000, they say after the treble, you know, it, like looking back, you realize that actually it's not too bad because there was a three-peat. You know, United won the success uh, title yeah. in three successive seasons. Yeah. And then like, we all know how hard the domestic season in England is. And then like what Ram mentioned, you know, it takes a lot of effort, planning, and a lot of things to go your way also to be able to come out on top at the end of the season. And then, like for me also, like I've never viewed United as a team to always be competing for the Champions League. So it was more like, okay, let's see how it goes. And I thought, I think looking back, maybe not too bad, I guess. Because the season after, you know, it got knocked out at home by Real Madrid. Also, again, uh, bad defending yeah. and everything. And then the season after... It was a top seater game as well. Yeah, and then the 2001 year was by Bayern Munich. Also, Bayern Munich. yeah, I think, yep. yeah. So it was like, you know, it was like, uh, I, for me, it's like, okay, I, I'm happy to at least have seen United win it at least once in my lifetime. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that was but, a yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, so it was like for Europe, 
for me, uh, you know, I didn't view United as a team to always compete for the Champions League, like for example, Real or Milan would, would be doing. You know, for me, it's like these are clubs with the UCL DNA in them. You know, they're always somehow they'll find a way to turn it on and win it. Uh, but you know, so but for United, I guess like if it happens, good. If not, then okay. What 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 to do? We just we'll just appreciate the good moments when they come. Yeah, and also I mean, like it or not, the other team with you Champions League DNA is Liverpool. Mm, yeah, yeah. Sad to sad, but true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, true, that's yes. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I felt that after having watched United always uh making it tough for the either making it tough for themselves or you know they've either have to go and win the title on the final day of the season or they have to come back from a deficit to you know win the title or they lost the title despite leading in the title race early on in the season. The two seasons after the treble, 99, 2000 and 2000, 2001, we completely strolled. We were strolling, you know, yeah. in the mm, league Domestically, title. yeah. Yeah, Very domestically, dominant. we were strolling. We were there some no match. points ahead, right? Like, like Yeah, that... we were massive. We were like winning the title probably in April or March. We didn't yeah. even yeah. need to go to the And then the 99-2000 season was the one where they finished with 97 goals uh, before, you know, the, that, yeah. if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, that was yeah. the season. Yeah. So in the in the Premier League, I felt we went a couple of notches up in those two seasons, but I felt that had an effect on our performances in Europe because in Europe. I felt, yeah, the probably lack of competitiveness affected us. Also, I felt tactically we were found out because we were using the four four two every single game. Teams in Europe they are tactically more aware and astute. They knew how to counter against us and play against us. So. You know the bigger teams, especially. So that's where we got found out, and yeah, we didn't make it. I I personally felt that maybe we should have won, maybe one more Champions League in that time. Um, out of those seasons as well, two thousand one, two thousand two, we got knocked out by Bayer Leverkusen mm. in the semi final. That was a pity. Yeah, yeah. That was a pity. So, yeah, that that is my personal feeling about it. I felt, yeah, we did well in the Premier League, but I felt in Europe. Even though I do agree with you, Fazli, on the lack of DNA, but I felt we should have pressed on and underwhelming a bit, lah. Yeah, underwhelming. Yeah. yeah, felt underwhelming. More I felt tactically than uh, than anything else. All right. So from the two thousands and the ninety nine glory years, where is Manchester United today? We are giving ten hugs, protein. Fazli, <laughs> I think still in the up so well. <laughs> yeah, I think still very much in the midst of a rebuild. But I think maybe one thing that is different now compared to maybe in the last half decade would be, I guess, the amount of power or responsibility being given to the coach. So I think like. Previously, I think once after Sir Alex has left, you know, I think David Moyes, Rui Van Gaal, uh, Jose Mourinho, OGS, yeah, all of them have struggled with certain aspects of player power. I felt lah, yeah. like you know, from reading the reports and you know, nowadays with social media, the things that they leak and the things that they talk about. So I thought, like you know, you're always undermining the authority of the coach, and then it's like between the two, it's always easier to sack the coach. Then you know, the coaches always pay the price for. The the underperformance of the players. So, but looking at how Ten Hag has handled some of the 
uh, the issues with in a more you know drastic way and seeing that he has been allowed to do it i guess maybe it's a signal that you know the coach is being like he's been given more more authority to to run the ship as and how he feels like it uh as as how he sees fit and then yeah hopefully you know we we he gets to mold the team in his image and then maybe because otherwise you know the players are always going to undermine you know yeah. if they like I don't like this play. I don't like this coach. Then you know, we, then we see all the nonsense that you can see in the. Yeah. In, mm-hmm. I yeah. I I also think that the Ronaldo issue was a big eye opener for all the players because I think previously all the managers did not know how to wouldn't know how to handle him in that in that aspect of it. Like you know, Ragnik and and all these other managers, they used to always put him on, but when Ten Hag showed that he he actually had that philosophy He's very similar to Fergie. Yeah, no one is bigger than a club. You know he had that mentality, and I think I think that shows to all the players that now it's a fair, clean slate. Basically, has to, you know, has to gel, you know, and and it, it gives opportunities to players to really shine, express themselves, you know. And that's one thing I love about what he's doing right now. And and it 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 just is it's still a rebuild. I know, I know, uh, you know, it's still too early to say, but I think what he has done this season has has. Has proven that he can do wonders in upcoming seasons to come, and I'm looking forward to it. Mm. I would say he has rejuvenated flagging spirits amongst yeah. our uh, fellowship, I guess. But um, yeah, agreed. I think we are in transition, and for the first time, it feels like we are in a transition that is going somewhere progressively, yeah. rather than you know yeah. just in a transition and then hoping. Okay, let's see what happens. But I mean, we are still going to be in that position where we'll see at the end of season what we have won because we could still win a treble of trophies, a yeah. treble of cups. In fact, I would say, or maybe we might just end up with one or two. Yeah. You never know how many we'd end up with at the end of the season. But also, what happens next season is also vital. Yeah. And that I feel is linked to the ownership of the club as well. The sooner that gets resolved, the better it is because it gives us more time to plan and mm. prepare for the upcoming season. The signings he Ten Hag makes and the club makes next season are going to be vital to, yep. s- to where we are going to head to. I feel I feel yep. because uh, rest, rest. I remember I remember when Jose took over and the first season he had was fantastic. We did great, won trophies. And then the following season, I felt the signings we made were underwhelming. And then, even more so in the third season of Jose, so that was that felt like a decline. So I really hope this doesn't happen here under Ten Hag. Yeah, I I thought to be fair, after Jose left, I thought there was a bit of a rebuild that was happening with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You know, I think you can see like he knew what he wanted to do, but I think the issue the issue for him was that I I always felt that his teams tend to struggle when when you have to attack the opponent. Like yeah. Solskjaer's teams tend to do very well when we are not the favorite and we are always being attacked. So the the counter attacks were always very good. I think that's how United tended to win games. But I thought that you know, and also Solskjaer's team like came very close to winning something, just that they yeah. fell short in the U uh Europa League final. And I think the following season when when they signed Ronaldo, then I guess maybe he couldn't really fit with the football that. Social wanted to play. Then I think it led to the performances becoming a bit more disjointed. Then I guess eventually he paid for it with his job. Sadly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess it worked out in the end in a way because I think Eric Ten Hag still I would say is a better 
better coach and I yeah, think we are doing better manager. than we were before that. Like, yeah, I would yeah. Say. Better coach, better manager as well because I also agree with Ram that he gives everyone a chance. So if you're not playing well, off you go. You know, that's the that's my one of the biggest gripe with Solskjaer was that even if the player is not playing well, you are still starting. Yes. And we know who that mm. is. But, McFred, uh, McFred, McFred. Yeah, yeah. That, that is one of my biggest peef, pet peeves under Solskjaer, you know, that he kept doing that. And you had you bought like someone like Donny when the big would come in and was doing so well at Ajax uh, and all. And you, yeah. He didn't so really get much of a chance. Huh? Yeah, yeah, so criminally underutilized him. He was like, oh my God. And, and at one point, he even felt like he was going to do the same with Cavani. But thankfully, you know, the guy's quality stood out and he had no choice got to play him. He felt like, you know, at times also, he felt like signings were forced upon Solskjaer and, you know, he didn't feel like he had power. I felt maybe it was a, a bridge too far for him and we shouldn't have even made him permanent. That's my opinion. That we should have even made him a permanent manager for United. Interim was fine, but then should have got for a bet, gone for a better manager. But that's all in the past right now. Ten Hag, I think, that's one thing I like is that he gives players opportunity you play well you stay in the team you don't play well okay I can rotate you someone else and then maybe later on I give you a chance if you can yeah. take it good otherwise you know if someone else is playing really well and you just get then you just get a big part role that's what you know used to happen under Sir Alex as well so that's what you want to see players playing on merit and uh, and there's some consistency something we're building onto something looks like it looks like it but let's see what the future holds. I think the last few years since Alex has retired probably has uh, caused us to be more pragmatic and cautious when it comes to United and getting our hopes up. Yeah. You're right. I agree with you. Yeah, I think also Fine. because we are in a yeah. unique position because at that until that point, I think Sir Alex and Asin Wenger were the only long-serving yeah. Premier League managers. So I think... Yeah. Uh, fans of other clubs might be used to, you know, three, four years before they change managers. But for United yeah. fans, you know, it's like 30 years of Sir Alex. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Like 26 years, sorry, of Sir yeah. Alex. Then suddenly, you know, Sunday is not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Very correct, different. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's just life. There's one day yeah. everything is going to end. Mm. Yeah. So, final words now. What, what would you like to see United do in the future? Not just future, future, not just, you know, I'm just not just going to say, okay, I want them to win a league. I want mm. them to win a Champions League. I think that's a given. But just right now, next season, what would you want to see United do? I think just don't concede so many goals, uh, to be honest. You know, we are we are rebuilding a team and losing games like, you know, 6-3, 7-0 and, you know, 4-0. It, 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 it gets very tiring, you know, uh, you know, to be honest. Yes, we are a good team, you know, uh, but I think I think to see the kind of score lines happening to us, I don't think we deserve that kind of treatment. So I think first and foremost, we just have to we just have to tighten up at the back. Uh, you know, be a team that you know scores goals at the same time we know how to defend. So I think I want to see uh, next season like you know more solid at the back. Uh, you know, I think the midfield just needs needs uh, it's good what we have now, but I think we need to have some young blood coming in as well. Can't rely on McFred. Uh, you know, all the time, <laughs> you know, and of course, yes, our forward line, I'm happy with our forward line, but I think we need to have some competition, uh, you know, for, for Rashford, uh, you know, to, to keep him, to, to keep, 
they can get better as you go along. Yeah. Yeah. We need we need someone who's called goals. Yeah. Absolutely. Not records though. <laughs> I don't want records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah. As as well as he has done, I think, but still not really the at the level that we expect yeah. of a Manchester United forward. Yeah. Fazli, I think for me, uh, I would go back to I think the way the club is run or the way the club does things. I think like yeah. growing up when we, where uh, as in from where we were, I think United have never been a team with you know that signs uh, famous players for large amounts of money, for example. So usually their signings are either very understated, but somehow they complete the squad. Or you know, in a way that that's uh, that's how I remembered it. Uh, for for the most part, uh, as as being a for uh, we, what you call it, uh, as being a United fan. So like, you it's know, either that also, or they sign a player that maybe is from a is already playing in the Premier League, done well, uh, yes. good. They, like they, known, I, uh, I, yeah, known player who's keep who's uh, familiar with the league, and they know mm. that okay, this guy is going to perform for us. And then yeah. they spend a bit, spend a bit more. In a, in a yeah, nutshell, like what you're saying of, is, mm. in a nutshell, what you're saying is like how Liverpool have uh, rebuilt their team under Klopp. The way they made yeah. the signings and players coming through the youth ranks and all that is exactly mm. what we used to do years ago under Sir yeah. Alex. Yeah, and also like uh, like what we can see with Ten Hag, I guess giving authority back to the manager. You know, I think previously it was also like that. You know, like. The manager has a lot of control over how he wants to run the uh, run the show, and then if the results are are not forthcoming, then he has to pay for it with his job. But at least you're being fair to the person, you know. It's like yeah. otherwise you are tying, like for example, you are tying up the manager's hands, and then when the results don't go the team's way, then he also has to pay for it, which which I don't feel is very fair uh, because he's mm. he's already handicapped before he starts his work. So I think yeah. like this, ah, uh, this type of cultural reset that I think OGS attributed to when he first took the reins, I thought it was a good thing. Then also like you know we see lesser instances of the the player power or dressing room toxicity. So it's like I think at least there is the the dressing room is well managed in that sense, ah, uh, with the right people. Like you know sometimes you wonder like oh why do why why did this team sign this player? But actually maybe besides the footballing qualities, there are also personal qualities that make him. Uh, or they make the group better in, in that yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just hope to see more of that continue. It seems like we are we are coming onto it in the last few years. You know, lesser of the Ed Woodward type of signings. So <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's more about team building now. So hopefully we build a better team and continue and see what happens in the future. Because I mean, you know, the, to be honest, there will always be wins and losses in football. You know, you will never know yeah. when when the next trophy is going to come and everything. Hmm. So I think. And what every supporter would like is that you know the team is well run commercially and also in a footballing sense, and yeah. then yeah, then we'll just see what happens on the pitch as we go along. All right, well said, Fazli, as usual, and Ram, thanks a lot for sharing your memories. Even both both of you, you know, I'm, I hope you had enjoyed this uh, trip down memory lane. Most oh, part yes. of the show. Very Most nostalgic. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Raj, for this, and thank you for making me feel old. But thank you for the show. <laughs> I feel as old as you, bro. <laughs> oh yes, uh, it has been wonderful, guys. So thanks a yep. lot for taking your time out to speak to us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do carry on your support for us and for the fans uh, listening in. Again, do carry on the support for us. Do spread the word of this episode and all the other episodes that we've done. It's me, Ras, signing out. See you again sometime soon.
Cheers. Yeah. Beckham into Sheringham and Solskjaer has won!